thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. try to keep this as appropriate as possible because I, I care about you and I love you and so I'm going to do that. Man, Jerry, you were, your announcements, you were just spitting announcements today, man. You got me all hyped up and now I'm just like, I just want to yell at people. <laughs> so good. Didn't Jerry do awesome? <laughs> today, I want to specifically talk to those who are single. To those who are single in this place, all the single ladies. Yeah, right, so, yeah, two of them, all right. Well, surely, surely you can leave with a man after this, because it, I mean, we can get two people married. Goodness. I want to specifically talk to single people. I want to talk about dating, but I also will marry people, stay, stay connected with us, because I believe there will be a couple, a couple of things for you as well in this message. And then next week, we'll conclude this message with Pastor J. Tom. He's going to talk about it's good and talk about marriage. And so I'm excited for that message. But, but dating, I love dating. I love and hate dating. Dating had a love and hate relationship with me. I don't know if you can attest to that. Maybe you're single and it's a love-hate relationship. You know, when it's going well, you love it. But when you're single and there's no one around, you hate it. And so you may be, no matter where you are, in dating, I hope to give you a good godly perspective on dating. Dating is just this. It's a set amount of time set aside to invest into or pursue a relationship. A set amount of time to invest or pursue a relationship. With that being said, almost all of us in here went on a date last week. Did you go on a date last week? Let me see your hand. According to that definition, you went on a date. I know a lot of people had dates with a golf course. Dates with Call of Duty. Anybody had a date with Call of Duty this week? A lot of us 
In fact, there was like 30 or 40 of us had a date with the movie Risen last week, Tuesday night, and that was a lot of fun. A date, a date is just a moment in time where you pursue intensely a relationship. The thing is, most people want to pursue a relationship with themselves, and so Xbox has, has allowed you to do that over and over again. I, I know that dating also is very philosophical. Dating is something in the last couple of centuries that has really become popular and the last few decades has even become even more popular. But I hope, I hope today that I would communicate with you a biblical worldview on dating. And so a biblical worldview is looking through the Bible on how you see the world. As we see the world, we approach the world, we do our day in, day out life, we parent, we, we, we're friends, we work as we do this. I want to take an approach of a biblical worldview that we would do that through the lenses, through the lens of the Bible. And we know that, that dating, dating in the world has meant so many things. In fact, over the last decade, over the last 10 years, dating has changed so much. Pop culture, popular culture has shaped dating and, and defined dating. The things that have changed dating so much are, are online dating, Match.com, Christian Mingle, eHarmony, Tinder. Anybody have the Tinder app? I want to confess right now. Tinder, where, where you basically look at a person and you decide if you want to date them based on their profile picture, which isn't even them. It's some <laughs> random person. They're tricking you, trust me. All these things are happening Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, and all these things have affected dating. In fact, dating's changed a lot, and, and some of this, some of this change of technology has actually been really good. We're finding single people who are finding a, a future spouse, getting married, and now with families. And, and so some online dating has actually been really good. Some of it's been really good, but some of it has just brought about this fact of immediate satisfaction. Immediate satisfaction. It's amazing. We live longer than ever. We're living longer than ever. Over the last 200 years, we're just like, we're just staying older and older and older, and yet we want things faster and faster and faster. I think that's just ironic. It's just crazy that we want things so fast, and yet we're living longer. And so that's what internet dating is allowed. In fact, Match.com came out with a survey the other day. And this shocked me, and I thought this was appropriate for, for our series and our sermon today, that 55% of first dates have sex on the first date. 55% of people who go on a date the first night have sex. That shocked me. I mean, I grew up in the true love waits era. I grew up where you signed a commitment card. I'm not going to have sex. And you, you turned it in somewhere. And I don't know where it ended up. But it, it went somewhere. I grew up in that era. But now that, that statistic shocks me. Another, another stat or on this survey is that by the third date, men know if they're falling for the woman that they're dating. By the third date. Women, it's just four times as long. By the twelfth date. And coincidentally enough, on the 12th date is usually when the woman gives him her apartment key. So that's, that's where that is, where I've said, I've fallen for you, here's the key to my house, have my life, whatever you want, right? It's crazy. I mean, dating is all over the place. And so we have those who are jumping in dating really fast, and then we have a whole bunch of singles, a whole bunch of men who haven't dated in some time. 
In fact, the, the average statistic is that if they haven't dated in the last two years, in the last two years, there's a big reason that they aren't dating. And the number one reason is men are hurt, scared, scared. Men are scared. So you have this thing where men absolutely dive in and, and, and they're going all the way on day one, or you have this other thing happening where men are scared and they're afraid to go dating and to go out. And I understand that you're single in here for many different reasons. Some of you have never been married. You've been married and find yourself single again. I know that this subject, this topic is very sensitive. It's a very sensitive topic, and I know that, that we have not done a great job as the church talking about singleness, right? As Pastor Daniel alluded to last week, apologizing for the church. Quite honestly, there is a gift that Paul talks about, about being single. When he talks about being single as a gift, that same word for gift is used when he talks about spiritual gifts. It is a spiritual gift given. But your state of being of being single doesn't mean that necessarily you have the gift of being single. It just could be your state. If you, if you long to get married, if you want to get married, that's a good thing. How many of you know that's a good thing? We've told people that it's not a good thing. We wrote books, Kiss, Date, and Goodbye. We, we've wrote many other books out there saying, don't get married. You just need to love Jesus. That's all you need to do. How dare you want to get married, right? Have you ever heard that? That desire to get married is actually a God-given desire. And for the very few who don't have that desire, there is a spiritual gift given for that. And I believe that there are people called to that, but it's a very minute. And it's, so if you, want to be, if you want to be married in this church, if you want to be married in this house, that is a God-given desire. And I would encourage you that that desire is good. Don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss it. Too many people are dismissing it finding themselves single two years later, desperately wanting to get married. I think the church needs to cultivate this, steward this, and hopefully give you some skills, some ability to navigate your singleness. In Genesis chapter 2, this is where we'll be this morning. In Genesis chapter 2. And I want to borrow a question from Andy Stanley to frame out our message this morning. He says, are you who... The person you're looking for is looking for. Let me say that again. Are you who the person you're looking for is looking for? In Genesis chapter 2, as we read this, the story of Adam and Eve, it's all the, all the women love this because you're looking for Mr. Right. And all the men love it because we're looking for Mrs. Completely. Right? We're all looking for that. You complete me, Jerry Maguire, that was my generation. You complete me, we've been looking for that. And in Genesis chapter 2, we've been touching on this verse over this series. And in verse 21, it says this. So then the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. Verse 22. And the rib of the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman. And brought her to the man. And the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. 
And they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The favorite verse of every man in the Bible. Naked and unashamed. And we couldn't wait for that and the LGN and everything that we did to get ready for that. Hallelujah. We literally think, and when we read Genesis chapter 2, I thought this as a single, that, that my rib was going to be taken from me one night when I went to sleep, and some woman would be created, and she's so perfect and so beautiful. Her birthday had to be after February 23rd, 1982, otherwise she couldn't have my rib. So she had to be younger than me, so that narrowed it down. And so I thought all these things would line up, and there she would, and it would be so perfect. And I'm not alone in that thinking. In fact, a lot of us think like that. And when you're on your first, second, third, fifth marriage, and you're still hoping that that man or woman will fulfill you, you realize it's not that fulfilling. So to prepare yourself to be who you are, are you the person you're looking for? Are you the person you're looking for? From this, we realize, are you the person you're looking for that we have to be? Are you ready to be intimate? Are you ready to be intimate? That's the first thing I have for you. Are you ready to be intimate? I'll remove your rib. In verse 22, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into woman. Are you ready to be intimate? Are you ready to expose what's in your heart? What I love about what I love about God is when he was taking the rib out and he was taking this out and he was taking the other half, that it exposes your soul to another person. It exposes yourself to another person. And my question for you, if you're single, are you ready to be intimate with someone? Are you ready to be intimate with someone? And I realize that, that a lot of us aren't because we're carrying around a lot of baggage. A lot of baggage from our past or current baggage. We thought that, that our past would never come to be in our present or never be in our future. We thought what we do today wouldn't affect tomorrow. And a lot of us think that, but there's an epidemic around and the past absolutely defines you. And the baggage that you carry, you will carry into your marriage. And we didn't think that this would happen, and so we thought that they would complete me, that they would be the better half. But the, the biggest thing right now, the biggest epidemic that is keeping us from being intimate is pornography. Pornography is huge right now. It is an epidemic. It is actually, it is dehumanizing the woman race. It is dehumanizing who they're supposed to be. It's dehumanizing them, and a lot of us we're still in porn school. And there's a couple of things that you learn in porn school, a couple of things that you learn. The, the lessons you learn is, you know, lesson one, a real body isn't good enough. That's the first thing that you learn in porn school. A real body isn't good enough. The second lesson is one body isn't good enough. That would be the second lesson that you're learning in porn school. The third one would be your wife's body isn't good enough. And if we're going to be, if we're going to be intimate and ready to be intimate as singles, we have to get rid of this baggage. We have to get rid of the things that are going to hold us back. We're going to have to get rid of those things that are going to keep us from intimacy. I think another thing that keeps us from intimacy is are we ready to have a conversation? Are we ready to have a conversation? Have you ever been on day three and you're talking the whole time and the dude's just looking at you and he's not saying anything back? If he's not saying anything back, if he can't have a decent conversation by day three, leave the dude. 
Leave the dude. Because get ready. Because that's the best you'll see. On day three is the best you'll see. And if he can't talk then, get ready. He won't talk later. And so are you ready to be intimate? Are you ready to have conversations? Can you have conversations? Are you ready to be intimate? Are you ready to be honest with one another? Are you ready to be honest with one another? Can you be entrusted with someone else? Can, can they be entrusted to you? Can you be entrusted to them? As your rib is as your heart is exposed because your rib was taken out and you're ready to be intimate, will, will you be those things? Uh, to get ready to be the person that you want to meet, are you dating Jesus and pursuing his purpose? Are you dating Jesus and pursuing his purpose? Adam knew God in the cold of the evening. When, when God made Adam, Adam was formed in his own image. They had an intimacy together. They had a relationship together. There was, his identity was fully wrapped up in God. Fully wrapped up with God. He also had purpose. In verse 15, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. Adam had a job. Adam had a job. How many, how many girls are looking for a man with a job? If you're dating Mr. Right and he has no job, he's Mr. Wrong. He's Mr. Wrong. He is not right for you. Because what jobs do means that he's responsible. If he can be responsible in the workplace, you can trust that he'll be responsible with you at home. But if he can't be responsible in his workplace and he's still living with mom and dad and driving mom's car, then you probably need to see, is this guy really ready? Is he really ready? Now, I love this. Now, Adam, Adam knew God. He knew, he knew God, but also Eve knew God. Now, don't miss this. When, when Adam was asleep in a deep sleep, <laughs> God took Adam's rib and he fashioned and formed a woman. And he made her in his image as well. And he connected with her relationally while Adam was asleep. Her identity was fully wrapped up in God before she was ever brought to Adam. Eve was given purpose too. Not only was she, did she have identity, but she was given purpose. And her purpose for Eve was to be a helpmate. Helpmate. She was going to be a, a woman who helped Adam along the way. To help Adam and, and fulfill Adam. And together they were going to help each other. When each of you begins to find your identity and established in God, well then it's time to get you two together. Married people, I got a question for you. Are you dating Jesus as well as dating your wife? Are you dating Jesus and dating your wife as well? You see, it doesn't stop. We think that once we meet the person, then we can just leave what we did to get that person. But actually, what you did to get that person, you need to keep doing, right? Otherwise, that person is going to leave you. So you got to keep doing what you've been doing, and you have to keep dating Jesus. But I see too many married couples, too many men who are fixing their things on the wrong things. In Proverbs 5.18 it says, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. We love that, right? Rejoice in the wife of your youth 
a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? Married and single alike. Married and single alike, God has given you a portion. He set something in front of you, and you need to keep your eyes on the things that he's given you. The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is very green. Just open your eyes. It's right there. Just open your eyes. If you're going to be the person that you are pursuing, if you're going to be that person, then you need to refuse to date the devil. Refuse to date the devil, Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, verse 5, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband and was with, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Have you ever heard this? Maybe you hear some temptation as you're married. Maybe you hear some temptation as you're single. Have you ever heard you can look, but you can't touch? You can look, but you can't touch. No, you can't. You can't look, and you can't touch. You can't do either. Stop it. Stop it. Job 31.1, Job 3.1.1, right here, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? And single men, I ask you, are you making a covenant with your eyes? But it's not just for single men. Married men, have you made a covenant with your eyes? The biggest thing we used to talk about is bounce your eyes. Bounce your eyes. That means, that means if a fine girl walks by and your eyes go on her, you just bounce them right off. Right? You just bounce them right off. That's what you do. you got to start bouncing your eyes. You know, it's pretty crazy. You see a single guy who loves God in Starbucks? He's looking at nothing. He's just like this all day. All day. I'm looking at nothing. I'm looking at nothing. Nothing's coming my way. Nothing's coming my way. But start bouncing your eyes, man. Start bouncing your eyes. You can't look and you can't touch, so stop it. <laughs> Don't date women if you still lack... If you still lack judging someone's character, don't date women. If you still lack the ability to judge one's character, that means if you've chosen the wrong person and you're going to your friend and I'm so heartbroken, and you're like, dude, you were heartbroken last month and the month before and last year. Maybe you need to do something different. Maybe you can't pick them. I'll pick one for you. Maybe you need to stop it. And women do this all the time. It baffles me. You know, I, The Bachelor. Anybody watching The Bachelor right now? You know, I, I, I like The Bachelor because his name's Ben. His name's Ben. A perfect Ben. Yes. So good looking. I love him. 
so awesome. It amazes me how these women and men like me watch The Bachelor all the time and we get caught up in it. But apparently Ben has defrauded my name because Ben has told two women that he's loved him. Loved them. Two women. Two women. This week, he's told them it was in the magazines. That's crazy. Ben, stop it. And women quit falling for it. Quit falling for it over and over and over again. Goodness. You can't love two women. You can only love one. You can only love one. You can take that down now. Genesis 3.12. Ben, change your name. The man said, the woman you gave me as a companion, she gave me fruit from the tree. And yes, I ate it. When you compromise on your dating, when you start compromising on your dating, you start blaming. And when you start blaming, then you start hiding. And when you're hiding, you become numb. And as you become numb, you start losing discernment. And you start giving yourself away over and over and over, over again. Dating people. If you are afraid to bring home the person you're dating to your husband or to your family, to your mom or dad, yeah, that would be weird too. If you're afraid to bring home the person you're dating to your mom or dad, they probably lack the character. And you're trying to hide something. You're trying to hide something. Maybe, maybe you're, you found yourself in this season where you've been just dating the wrong person. Where you don't, you lack character. You've been doing all that. Maybe you've been dating the devil. And maybe not literally the devil. But you've been dating the lies of the devil. The temptation of the devil. And you've been missing God. And I would encourage you to take a rest, to take a break, to take a break as a single person. And when I was a college pastor, we dealt with this all the time, all the time. There was two different types of guys. There was the guy who had to have a girl to complete him all the time. In fact, the girl was his identity and not God. And every time he broke up and he would come to me and tell me his problems, I'd be like, dude, stay single. Stay single. I go, I bet you can't stay single for one year. One year. Let's bet. You know, trying to challenge him, trying to man him, you know, like, come on, let's man up. Come on, let's do this. How much you want to wager? And he was like, okay, I'll do it. And what happens when you do this is as you're staying single for a year, but all you've known is dating, it's crazy. Three months in, here comes Mrs. Wright. Here, here she comes. Oh, man, that's Ben. Here she comes. She's perfect. She's awesome. She loves God. She comes to she comes to church all the time. You know, I think I'm going to date her. I'm like, don't date her. She is single. Be single. Don't do it. And it's amazing the temptation that happens. But I found myself doing the same thing. I was in a relationship when I was 20 years old. I dated this girl for three months, and I got my heart broke. After three months, you know, we went on three dates. So I was sold. I was falling. And, as, as, and when we broke up, I, I was like, man, forget this, dude. I'm going to pursue God. And you know, I've heard this story, but I have to say it over and over again because I hope it inspires you. And so what I did is I began to just journal and read. And I started reading the Bible. And I spent a two-year journey reading the Bible, staying single. And as I did that, I wasn't rushing through trying to read, like, one book every day. Like, oh, man, I'm going to read this thing in 30 days, and then I'm ready. 
I went chapter by chapter by chapter by chapter. And I journaled. And, and my prayers looked dumb at first. God, I love you. I really want to be married. Please bring me somebody. <laughs> but by the end of it, I forgot the journey that I started. I fell so in love with Jesus, so in love with God, that he caught, and caught my heart. He captured me in so many ways. In a year, when you wake up, you'll look in the mirror and you'll see the person that you want to marry. You'll see, man, a person that loves God, who's passionate, who won't compromise, who has integrity, who's going to be honest and transparent, who will be unabandoned for Jesus. You'll see that person, and then you'll be able to receive that person. And I believe that God's going to bring you that person. In John, in Genesis 3.8, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree? Have you compromised? Did you mess up? Did you do what I did you not do what I commanded? They missed the real date that they were supposed to be on that night. And I think sometimes we sell ourselves short. As we're pursuing God, pursuing relationships, pursuing all this, oftentimes we'll choose the wrong person, not the right person, and we'll miss the date that matters most. And that's what Adam and Eve did. They missed the date that mattered most. They missed God. In the cool of the night, in the cool of the evening, there he was, they missed him. And dating Jesus is the best date that you'll ever go on, that you'll ever be on. And I want to encourage you, keep dating Jesus. And if you're going to be, are you who the person you're looking for is looking for? And if you're going to be that person, here's a couple of single assignments from you. And most of these are inspired by Andy Stanley. A couple of single assignments for you. So if you're single, pull out a notepad. And these are the things that I would have you focus on. First one, address your unresolved childhood issues. Address your unresolved childhood issues. If you attempt to build intimacy with the other person, but you didn't deal with your childhood issues, they're going to come up in marriage. They're going to come up in marriage every time, and you'll begin to project that on the other person. It means like if your dad was absent, and you're hoping to marry a man to fill a void, he's not going to fulfill that void, Right? He's not going to do that. If you're a guy and you struggle with lust, and that's all you can think about, I'll just get married and have lots of sex. That's what I'm going to do. It's not going to work for you. She's going to get pregnant. I'm telling you, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Second, don't dress like a commodity and don't put up with being treated like one. So as women, don't dress like a commodity. I'm telling you, man, Whatever you're caught with is what, how he'll keep you. So like a fisherman, a fisherman will bait his hook with the thing that he wants to catch. And so there's a lot of body snatchers out there who all they want to catch is a good-looking body. And when you don't have that anymore because of gravity, <laughs> he's going to run the other way. Don't dress like a commodity. Don't put up with being treated like one. Third one, you need to get out of debt. 
You need to get out of debt. If you're hanging around with lots of debt, that's not fair. It's not okay. And it makes you very unattractive. I'm telling you. And this is guys and girls. And as you're single, it's the best time to focus on debt because when you're married, it will be that much harder. When you're single, you actually have an income, you aren't accountable to anybody except yourself, and you can leverage that to position yourself. And if he loves you and you fall in love, he'll move in with mom and dad to get out of debt. He'll be motivated. I mean, whatever he does to get motivated to get out of debt. The other thing is break your bad habits. Break your bad habits. So I was a youth pastor, ate a lot of ice cream. It was awesome. With a lot of youth kids, you know. Everything was a party around sugar because that's how you entertain them and win them to Jesus, right? Here's a candy bar, love Jesus, right? And so that's what we did as youth, in youth ministry. And, and I just had a lot of bad habits of eating bad. And then I met Brandy. And she was smoking hot. And she was athletic. And she started eating good. I remember going on a date with her. And, and she made a meal. And she made wheat, whole wheat pasta. I was like, man, this woman's awesome. She's going to fix me. She's going to fix all my bad habits. She'll cook every meal healthy. It's going to be awesome. I'll six-pack by a year into marriage. It's going to be incredible. Well, obviously, that didn't work. <laughs> We got married, and I gained 25 pounds the first six months of marriage. Because we were happy. We were in love. We were all this. Don't expect the person you're marrying to fix your bad habits. Fix them before you enter. Fix them before you enter. And whatever bad habit you have, it'll probably be magnified. If you struggle with drinking too much, you'll probably drink too much in marriage. Probably be amplified. Trouble eating too much, you'll probably eat more in marriage. If you have a problem spending too much, you probably spend more when you get married. Then you'll be wanting to hide it, and it'll get in the way of intimacy. Postpone. A couple more for you. Four more. Postpone the physical part as long as you possibly can. Postpone the physical part as long as you possibly can. I mean, you know, I wish Brandy and I would just postpone that a little bit longer, but we were way in love. So, you know, that was really hard for us. But my brother and sister-in-law, they waited for their first kiss until their marriage day. Wow. That, that's incredible. That's awesome. You know what I, I don't hear from couples? Man, I, I wish we would have went further faster. You know, I never hear that. Do you ever hear that? It's always, I wish I would just waited longer. So postpone it. Put it on halt. Put the brakes on. Maybe you've already done this. It's not too late to hit the brakes. It's not too late to stop. It's not too late to have an intimate, honest conversation and tell the other person how you feel about what you're doing. Next, avoid living together. Avoid living together. And I realize some people may be living in here, together in here. But avoid living together because couples who live together statistically have higher levels of divorce. And if you like this statistic, I'll give it to you. I don't know if it's scientific. But a couple who has had two or three relationships that they moved in together with, their first marriage, in this statistic, 100% of the time ends in divorce. I'm sure there's outliers out there. I'm sure God can move. He does move. He redeems things. He's amazing. But that stat scares me. 
And if you really want to begin to pursue a relationship and start dating with the end result of marriage, then don't live together. Don't live together. Two more. Don't date a Christian unless you're becoming, planning to become one. Don't date a Christian unless you're planning to become one. You know, they may tell you that they love you and accept you exactly how you are, yet they drag you to church this morning. It's bait and switch, man. They, they want you to become a Christian. It's our mission. If they're a Christian, it's their mission to tell you about Jesus, and they're praying for your salvation desperately. And if you don't want to become a Christian, you probably should break up. You probably should break up, and you probably should move on. And I know that's super uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. But that Christian that you're dating, maybe you're in here and you're not a Christian and you're dating a Christian, that Christian you're dating, if they're sleeping with you, they're a hypocrite. They're a hypocrite. They're not living out a godly means of marriage and a godly relationship. So if you are not a Christian, I would encourage you, run. <laughs> run or change. Run or change and decide today. Be very involved in the local church. Be very involved in the local church. We hear it said all the time, man, where, where do I find a future spouse? Where do I find somebody I'm going to date? Most oftentimes it's going to be people that you're volunteering with building the kingdom of God. Most oftentimes. Right? So, like, you don't go to Home Depot to buy shoes. Does anybody do that? Because that's weird. Like, you don't do that. And you probably shouldn't go to the bar to find your future spouse. You probably shouldn't do that. You probably should be involved in your local church, serving Jesus, knowing that when you're running in your lane, there's going to be somebody running in the lane right next to you, and watch what happens. God will link it up. He does all the time. For married and single people, as we close this morning, Tyler, will you come help me close, play a ditty or something? Like a rat, like P. Diddy, right now on a mic. Okay. For married and single people, in your dating, whether you're dating in marriage or whether you're dating single, in your dating, I would encourage you be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I can't tell you enough about married couples who men try to pursue their wife. They planned a perfect day. I could be speaking about me. They planned a perfect day or they didn't plan a good day. And they got way in trouble and then they become way insecure to ever, ever plan a date again. And so then they just throw their hands up in the air and they give up. I would encourage you married men, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Like start pursuing your wife. Start pursuing her. Like, plan a date. On the poll on our Luminous Church app, it was, when was the last time you went on a date? You know, some of you, it's been a long time. You're like, well, we, we hung out last night. But was it a date? Was it intentional? Did you intentionally pursue that relationship? Be strong and courageous, single people. In the world of social media, in the world of online dating, it would be easy for you to ask some girl out through Facebook message. It would be easy to ask some girl out through text message. It would be easy for you to do it. 
in such a convenient, insecure, unmanly way. And I want to encourage you, be strong and courageous. Don't fear rejection. Don't fear rejection. Pray about it. Seek counsel. Find godly men and women around you to ask, to pray with you, and then be strong and courageous. Let a no be no, or maybe later to be continued. And in your waiting, are you patient and waiting and not comparing your situation with a person on your left or right? You're just so happy all the time. You can get any man. You can get any woman. They just date. They're so happy. Look at them. Don't compare. Be patient and waiting. In fact, in dating Jesus, that's what you learn the most. Patience and waiting. You learn it. You learn it. And as you become an expert in it, you actually become completely satisfied. In Psalm 37, 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way or the man who carries out evil devices. Be patient and wait before the Lord. Quit comparing yourself to the world. Quit comparing yourself to that person or this person. Wait on him. And of course, of course, as we close this morning, Jesus is the perfect example. He's a perfect example because he was patient and he waited. You see, he saw his bride. He saw the woman that he loved. He saw the body that he loved. He saw the people that he loved. And he was patiently waiting. And he waited thousands of years. And he came at the right moment. He came at the very right moment. And in that moment, he came. He was strong and courageous. He didn't back down to the Pharisee. He didn't back down to the devil. He didn't back down to anything. He was strong and courageous for you and me. You see, he, he saw, he saw the bride that he so desperately wanted to reconcile. He was strong and courageous all the way to the cross. And as Jesus died for you and me, he rose again and became our king. And he took my place of death he said, I paid a price for you. And you, you are worth it. I love Jesus. And as you date him, you're going to find yourself getting lost in him. And as you do, you'll find a new identity. And you'll come out better on the other side. Singles, now's the time for you to prepare. Now's the time to get right. You're in the best place of your life right now. The best place. God has you here. Church, would you stand with me this morning? Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.